The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Hit Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast, channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on state card charter cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today we are celebrating Memorial Day, a day set aside to give honor to the United States military personnel who have died while serving in the United States Army or Armed Forces. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with the uplifting song, Remind Me, Dear Lord. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bakukaro on the organ. 
Yes, saints and friends, we live in the land of the free and embrace the motto in God we trust. We serve as a constant reminder that the Lord is everywhere and surrounds us with His great power and might.
The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song, Had It Not Been. We praise and thank the Lord that had it not been for the supreme sacrifice that our Lord and Savior made on the cross of Calvary, we would not have the promise of eternal life. To God be the glory for the great things He has done. Our solace for today is Associate Pastor Marvin Abing, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, seeking the song moment by moment. Doing his background music will be just the Associate Pastor Evans Broad Senior, Mason Asano singing the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. Moment by moment, we depend on his precious blood for the daily protection from life's ups and downs. Our Lord is able to make the crooked path straight and turn all of our tests and trials into glorious victories. He is only a prayer away. Shine. 
The church choir will now perform their final number entitled, No Tears in Heaven. Soon and very soon, in the twinkling of an eye, our Lord will return for those who have been blood washed, water washed, spirits filled, and walking in the light of God. As the words of the song goes, glory is waiting, waiting up yonder where we shall spend an endless day. There with our Savior will be forever where no more sorrow can dismay. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen. Yeah. 
We now feature a band combo to play the song, Jesus Will Give You Rest. We can find peace and sweet rest beneath the sheltering wings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we put our faith, hope, and trust in His hands, He will give us the wonderful peace to fill our daily lives.
The daughters of Judah will sing the song, Pray Now. They'll be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. Now is the time to serve the Lord with all one's heart, soul, and mind. And now is high time to watch and pray. For prayer is the strength of the gospel and moves the hand of God, which moves the whole world. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this song to a faithful and dear couple in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who are none other than Associate Pastor Robert and Patsy Cavallo of our Hilo Branch Church. May the Lord bless and keep you safe in the hollow of His sweet hands. Have a wonderful Sunday.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in our Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZZ0 channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tin Law in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. I pray your sharing in our TV gospel service will enable you to flee the devil, and there will be an opportunity for you to renew your Christian dedication and commitment to our Lord Jesus. We need to pray much for the body of Christ. The time is short, and God's people must be fully prepared and ready when Jesus comes for his bride, the body of Christ. Therefore, it is imperative for us to spread and propagate the gospel through sermons such as the one I am presenting today and entitled, In Remembrance of Me. A memorial is established to preserve the memory of a place or person. Today we celebrate Memorial Day. 
It is a day set aside to remember the sacrifices made by those men and women of the military service who gave up their lives to protect and preserve our democratic way of life and the freedoms we at times take for granted as American citizens. Every citizen of this great nation should be proud and be grateful to be an American. The Lord Jesus has had a hand in the prosperity this country has experienced since its conception. It is the same Lord that has also bought the pain, suffering, and uncertainty with recent horrific acts of terrorists. A war dead protected our way of life with their lives. So did Jesus, who gave his life, that, not that we might continue in sin, but to make a conscious change to serve him in righteousness. I respect and honor our military men and women, no matter if they be found in the confines of the grave or presently doing service. However, there is a greater memorial, and I give God the praise. This memorial will always serve as a constant reminder that Jesus, without respect to self, went to the cross of Calvary for all mankind. That memorial is the Lord's Supper. When Jesus assembled the apostles in an upper room to celebrate the feast of the Passover in Jerusalem, Jesus at the end of the meal did something new by instituting the Lord's Supper. His purpose was to fulfill the intent of the Passover feast with an illustrated sermon and a new and simplified practice. The events of the week of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem would make Jesus the offering for sin, thus the object of the Passover. Jesus would die on the cross and would be the perfect sacrifice for sin. He resented that which is of man and of God, making it the first Passover sacrifice, either a goat or a sheep. Spiritually speaking, Jesus brought the need for the Passover feast to an end because what was being offered for sin now had a name, Jesus, and no future offering for sin would be required. The blood that spilled from his body as he hung on the cross confirmed that he indeed died. While alone on the cross, he suffered the pain as any other human being would feel, discounting allegations that he may have had some preferential treatment from heaven. It appeared that he did not have a friend in the world. He suffered at the hands of his oppressors and gained sins of the word that he preached. Yet, Jesus endured the pain with purpose. Those three hours of the cross exceeded the darkest hours in any man's life. Before he conceded and said, it is finished. However, by resurrecting from the dead after being entombed for three days, he proclaimed to an unbelieving world that now all things are made subject to him, even the eternal grip and insatiable appetite of death. Let us read in Hebrews 2.14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. An athlete who wins a contest after doing his best would say, I won out. A politician after several months of debates and relentless campaigning would say after winning, I was elected. However, these successes are incomparable to Jesus' triumph over death and the grave. Jesus can say, I have risen from the dead. The prophet Hosea spoke of this victory over the death and the grave 725 years before Jesus was born. Let us read in Hosea 13, 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. In other words, to overcome death and the grave was a deliberate act of God. Let us look at the uniqueness when Jesus served the apostles the Lord's Supper. Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it into portions and served a portion to each of the apostles. He said, take, eat, 
This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus then took a single cup, filled it with new wine, and after he had sipped it, he said, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Additionally, Paul concluded, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink, drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. We can see how our faith and our spiritual life are adequately serviced until Jesus comes. When Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, we had no excuse to fall back into sin. Remember, Jesus did not die only for America and its citizens. Jesus died for the sins of all men, no matter the race, culture, or color of skin. Have you asked yourself why we say God bless America? In my opinion, we should really be saying Jesus bless America because that is the name of God. There is certainly a need for the presence of Jesus in these times of turmoil. People need to know that they can reach out to Jesus who is very much alive. Jesus never sleeps. Jesus is at our beck and call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For us, we know that he is watching over us night and day, blessing, strengthening, encouraging, comforting, protecting, and sheltering us from the storms of life. And he is coming again. Jesus preached that time is now, that the world might be awakened to righteousness. Today, television viewers, is a day of salvation, if you will, hear his voice. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only key to the kingdom of God. Though the gospel originates from God and his understanding is unsearchable, the simplicity of the gospel is what makes it attractive and convincing. The gospel does not favor anyone who, because everyone is a sinner and falls short of the glory of God. The Lord does not discriminate. Jew or Gentile, born or free, male or female, everyone must acknowledge and repent of their sins and come to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Through the test of time and through the efforts of spirit-filled and conscientious pastors, the gospel has maintained its integrity and has remained intact. And it was on the first day it was preached by Jesus himself. The gospel is good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. On a particular night, a dramatic change took place with the heart of God, fearing man. His name was Nicodemus, and he was by profession a Pharisee. He learned how traditions and a person's religions could not save anyone, but he eventually believed that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, eternal life and incorruptibility of this human body could be the reward for all those who would put their faith and trust in Jesus. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is only one explanation to this scripture, which is a quote from verse 7. He must be born again. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord, who is the Christ. Baptism was never omitted from salvation, and in the Lord's eyes, it continues to remain an integral part in His plan of salvation. What saddens all true Pentecostals is that water baptism has been omitted or turned into an option to convert. In my opinion, when there is an absence of the Holy Ghost and no desire for true righteousness, then there is also an obvious absence of righteousness, discipline, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and much more. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. 
the intent of the scriptures are clear. We are told that through sincerity, the scripture will make us wise until salvation. Let us read in 1 Peter 3.21, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I cannot overemphasize the point that faith and obedience is required to have our souls saved from the consequences of sin. The New Testament reinforces the statement by saying, faith without works is dead. Furthermore, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. It is unfortunate that this world remained unsaved due to its negligence and ignorance. Paul concludes that Jews are unsaved because of their lack of knowledge. The Pharisees continue to object to the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist because they refused to be baptized by John. They lacked faith, foresight, and understanding. Jesus Christ is the end of the law and the beginning of true righteousness and true holiness. To reinforce this point, let us read in of Naaman. Naaman of 2 Kings chapter 5 desired to be healed from his leprosy. The spiritual application here is that one needs to be cleansed of his sin. Through this passage, we'll find how the opportunity to be saved is set before us and is readily accessible. What will be learned is that we can become a hindrance to ourselves by failing in faith and obedience. The absence of humility fuels unbelief and does not see a need for repentance. The lack of humility will also prevent the eyes from seeing the simplicity of the gospel. Naaman was a true leader, praise the men, highly honored by his master, a mighty man in valor by a leper. The healing he greatly desired from Elijah was conditional. Upon approaching Elijah, Naaman received the instructions that would heal him. The words of Elijah were, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and they sh thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. In lieu of following Elijah's instructions, Naaman desired to do some great thing to give substance to the healing. He also preferred the rivers of his homeland above the river of Jordan. He could not understand why he couldn't wash in the water found in the rivers of Damascus and be cleansed. Naaman was accompanied by his servants, and they managed to convince him of Elijah's credibility and anointing of God. He finally went to the Jordan River, did what was required of him, and was miraculously healed. Though to some faiths and doctrines, water baptism is insignificant and non-essential to salvation, it nevertheless remains an integral function in making one's peace with the Lord. In essence, it is an act of faith confirmed with works. If Naaman did not humble himself and follow God's instructions, he would not have been healed. If we did not acknowledge ourselves as sinners, we would have never come to Jesus. Therefore, if we do not humble ourselves and follow the path and patterns set by the Lord, we will never be saved. Mark tells us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thus, the simplicity of the gospel confounds the wise and brings an end to their profound wisdom. On Pentecost, the apostle Peter revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and sent to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And in Acts 2.38, it reads, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the scripture is found in John 3, 5, and in Acts 2, 38, Matthew 28, 19, complement each other. They all say the same thing, and they acknowledge the same God through the same Spirit. 
Yes, TV viewers, you must be born of water and of the Spirit in order for your soul to be saved. Have you ever asked yourself what could have generated such a huge response on this day of Pentecost that made it so extraordinary? After all, the words which Peter spoke caused 3,000 souls to be saved and baptized in the name of Jesus. A few days later, 5,000 souls were saved. Ask yourself, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they feel that could have moved them to repentance? Read in Acts 2, 11 to 12 and 21, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, saying to one another, what meaneth this? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What they saw and heard on that designated day of Pentecost was something new, marvelous and miraculous. God manifested His glory in a manner never seen since the days of the prophets. What they witnessed with their eyes, heard with their ears, which was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, was never seen before. Additionally, here in Jerusalem, they heard out of the mouths of these impoverished Galileans in their various native tongues, the wonderful works of God. We read on in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus is everything. Jesus was given a name that ranked higher than all the names in heaven and earth. He was given a name at which every knee will bow. Just the mention of his name causes the devil to fear and tremble. Thus, through water baptism in the name of Jesus, we become identified with him. And doing so, a lasting relationship with Jesus is created. Jesus becomes a personal savior and the barrier which stands between man and God is removed forever. I encourage you, our viewers, to seize this moment of grace before it passes you by. Time is very short and the signs of his coming are evident. Jesus is coming again and very soon. After suffering 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, Joshua led Israel into the promised land. On that day, the Lord performed a miracle for Israel. When the feet of the priests that bared the Ark of the Covenant touched the brim of the water, the River Jordan ceased to flow, allowing Israel to cross the Jordan on dry ground. It was likened to the crossing of the Red Sea a generation earlier, but on a smaller scale. Only on two previous occasions had the Jordan River allowed itself to be disposed once with Elijah and the other with Elijah. The circumstances that surround these two prophets would prove to doubting prophets that the spirit and the power of God rested with them. Crossing the Jordan allowed Israel to occupy the land that was promised and prepared for them. Heaping up the waters of the Jordan River confirmed that God was with Joshua and with his people Israel, whom he loved. Let us read in Joshua 4, 48. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then he shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. 
When they passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. First, the commandment to choose one man from each tribe, and each to carry a stone out of the river, was the commandment of the Lord. Given to Joshua before the crossing began, each representative of each tribe would randomly choose a stone out of the riverbed and carry the stone upon his shoulders. The stones chosen would be of a significant size, in other words. These representatives would bear the burden for their tribes. Each of us are compelled to bear our cross for the Lord. Simon a Cyrenian, who stood by and observed Jesus struggling to make his journey to Calvary, was compelled by the Roman soldiers to bear the cross for Jesus. Let us read in 2 Corinthians 4.10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Our lives should reflect a life of Jesus. This can only be achieved if one has the heart and mind to participate. Spiritually bearing the cross or carrying a stone on one's shoulder shows one is willing to make the sacrifices and put Jesus first in his life in every aspect. Two memorials were built in remembrance of Israel's crossing. Each consisted of 12 stones resembling the 12 tribes of Jacob. The stones were taken from the bed of the river Jordan when it dried up. After safely crossing the river and before the waters of the Jordan returned to its normal place, Joshua singularly built a memorial in the midst of the Jordan River, stacking 12 stones together. Upon exiting the river, each representative stacked his stone on the Canaan side of the Jordan, where they were to lodge that night. Eventually, a memorial would be constructed. The memorials would serve as signs to future generations as to how the Lord God stopped the waters of the Jordan when the Ark of the Covenant started the crossing. We cannot help but wonder why one memorial was placed within the River Jordan while the water was parted and the other placed on the banks of the Jordan. It is evident that one would be seen and the other not. Yet in its application, both would be remembered and have a lasting effect upon everyone who would contemplate their purpose. As Israel passed through the Red Sea and the second generation passed through the Jordan, we too passed through the waters of baptism to obtain deliverance from the consequences of sin and achieve the promise of eternal life. Let us read from 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Joshua erected the first memorial. The Ark of the Covenant was the first to enter the Jordan, clearing the path and the last to leave the dried riverbed. The ark remained on the dry riverbed until all of Israel passed over safely. Joshua then erected the first memorial, which consisted of 12 stones at the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the covenant. Seeing that all things were done, as he commanded, the Lord commanded Joshua to call the priests out of the midst of the Jordan. When the feet of the priests that bear the ark touched the banks of the Jordan, the waters of the river returned to its normal state. The scripture tells us that the memorial of 12 stones remained in the Jordan River until this very day. At Gilgal, Joshua reminded Israel to cherish the experience and to erect the second memorial, 
Let us read in Joshua 4, 20 to 24. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then he shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that he might fear the Lord your God forever. Jesus is always a prayer and a name away from his people. Our ability to endure until the end is achieved through Jesus and faith in his name, no matter what the circumstances may be. If we continue to recall all the wonderful works of God, we certainly will endure faithfully until Jesus comes again. Remember, TV viewers, these words of Joshua, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Yes, your victory may be arriving in the next minute. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. The church band will close today's telecast with the song, Look to the Lamb of God.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.